Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from Neo4j and uh, tonight I'm here again recording another uh, Grafistania Neo4j podcast episode and on the other side of this Skype call I've got a wonderful uh, community member from Ellicott City, Maryland and that's uh, Laura Drummer from uh, Noveta Technologies. Hi Laura, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. I'm happy to have, uh, have found the time uh, to have a chat with you. And uh, I know you've been uh, extremely busy, right? Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, thank you for finding the time. Uh, Laura, uh, some people may know you from uh, from your Graph Connect talks last uh, October in New York or from your blog posts, but, but I'm sure many people don't know you yet. So if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, uh, who are you, what do you do, and what's your relationship to the wonderful world of graphs? Sure. Um, I'm Laura Drummer. I'm a data scientist for Noveta. We're a, a defense contractor based in McLean, uh, Virginia, and I've worked for them for about... Uh, eight years and doing data science and other analytics. My my background initially was actually in, as a Chinese linguist, and um, I take that that sort of analysis with me wherever I go into the future. But now I'm doing a lot more with big data, trying oh, to recreate oh. what I. Do. <laughs> so, I didn't know that. Okay, well, I, from from chi- Chinese linguism to uh, to graphs. That's a that's a journey. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, we're all just trying to figure out what what the stuff we're looking at means and so yes, um yes. you kind of carry that with you so you'll see that when you when i talk about the natural language processing and topic modeling and all that i bring to my to my graphs um so um but but uh, nowadays i i think uh, you've you've been keeping yourself busy as well right i have to congratulate you with your wonderful daughter uh, yes <laughs> congratulations again yes um, I went to Grass Connect, um, 36 weeks pregnant, and I said, it's fine, I've got plenty of time. And then I ended up um, going into labor six days later. So we cut it a little closer than I thought. But, oh, wow, wow. That was but we're all settled in now. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Congratulations again. So, Laura, how did you get into uh, graphs? You know, what, what's, what's, the, what's the story there? And, 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 you know, how did you get to know Neo4j and, uh, and start working with it? Um, so, you know, my work has always touched the law enforcement and intelligence communities and it's always kind of had some social network analysis aspects to it. Um, so I've always kind of liked graphs in general, you know, when you're drawing a social network, you immediately draw a graph. Um, but more recently, one of the analytics I was working on uh, involved um, binding social network analysis with the content, the topics, the, the, the stuff they're talking about. And it's an analytic called Social Bee that I briefed at Graph Connect. Um, I, I developed it three years ago, and I realized quickly that I needed a, a graph database. I'd been reading about them, and so I literally just Googled, <laughs> you know, graph databases and found Neo4j. Um, and I love it because until then, all of my databases were the you know traditional like SQL type stuff, and immediately this was a graph that kind of looked like or a way to store data that looked like how I was thinking about it. There was very little post processing to turn it into you know, the way my brain was thinking about it or the questions I wanted to ask. And um, I tried a few other ones out. I didn't just stick with Neo4j, but it really was the a nice combination combination of like a low barrier to entry. It worked well with Python, which is my language of choice. And then it actually can get very, very powerful. You know, it's not just a... Um, it can do a lot more than, you know, the movie databases that comes with it. <laughs> 
Absolutely, yeah. So when you say social network analysis, is that like a clique detection or what, what, what are you looking at in uh, social network analysis? So there's some of that basics. It's not basic, but there's some of the more traditional social network analysis that people talk about. But um, what I also do is I, I analyze the content of the messages people are sending. So, for example, if I was drawing a social network based on Twitter, I don't just look at Laura tweeted at Rick. I capture the words that I said to you and I store that in the app as well. And so then relationships, and if you're familiar with, with natural language processing and topic modeling, you can actually start finding relationships between messages based on their content. And so I store that in the graph too. So I can see there's this sub community based on who they know or this sub community based on what they're talking about. Maybe if you drew who's friends with whom, there wouldn't be a line between them. But if you said who's talking about the same stuff, you would draw a line between them. And all of a sudden, you know, let's say we're the intelligence community, well, maybe these people are members of the same terrorist cell. Or if we're Taco Bell and they're both talking about tacos, well, maybe we need to build Taco Bells in these two areas. These two people don't know each other, but they're interested in the same things. So it adds that layer of content to um, the social who knows whom. That makes a lot of sense. And how do you do the topic, topic modeling then? Is that, is that, you know, is there, are there some NLP tools that you use uh, alongside with uh, Nifertin? Yeah. Or, or how do you do that? Yeah, so I do that part in Python um, and then I store it in the graph. But I use sklearn, um, uh, which is a, a Python library. There's some other ones, especially if you're just interested in like starting out. NLTK is a really good uh, library with a, some great tutorials online. And it's, I think, just natural language toolkit is what it breaks out to. But that's a great one for learning how to do topic modeling and natural language processing. Um, SKLearn is is what I use actually now because it's fast and it's powerful and it uses it's I like it. Um, but and then there's another one, GenSim, G-E-N-S-I-M, which a lot of people like. I haven't used it enough to say whether it's great or not, but, but yeah. <laughs> Cool. So we'll we'll definitely have to put some uh, some links to those tools uh, yeah. in the transcription of the of the podcast when we when we get to that. But uh, super interesting. So so what 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 would you say is the main reason that uh, graphs are interesting for this type of uh, analysis? You know, what, what makes it attractive to you? Why 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 use it in the first place? Um, they, I like it because the it's a lot easier to ask the right questions, I guess. As a developer, um, when I built, I'm not very good at the front end stuff, but as the back end, when I think about the questions I would ask back in the day when I was a linguist or even later when I was doing, helping with cyber analysis for Novetta, what questions do I ask translate so much easier to a cipher query than they would to 8,000 join statements in a database. And so a lot of it about, for me, is the back end. In fact, if you ran my queries in um, this Neo4j console and got back, you know, the jittering balls, <laughs> the D3 stuff. Yeah. That, that's Fancy <laughs> balls, we call them, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not, um, that's probably not actually going to help you. You know, we would need to do more visualization on it. And I'm, I really like graphs for the powerful questions you can ask, um, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. The visualization piece is, is also powerful, but you know, it's yeah. the, at the end of the day, it's the you know types of questions that you can answer, right? Right. Because yeah. really, what I want to say is, you know, Laura and Rick are talking about Neo4j, and you can say that a lot more with a sentence than you can with some pictures. Um, but there, 
Um, but you ask it when you ask it via cipher, it just makes a lot more sense than if you ask it via SQL or something like that. Any 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 like real world examples from maybe you know some of your intelligence or or or, or defense work or whatever that you can talk about, or, or is that all classified and you uh, have to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm not allowed to kill people. Um, no, I. The uh, I think a lot of what we've been able to do for our customers is is with Twitter, um, okay. and and so that's uh, I think a big some really some of the examples I brought up before like you know we have these these two people and they both are engaging in similar behavior online you know um, and they don't communicate directly to each other but we know that they communicate in such a similar fashion based on the topics they talk about that they must know each other. Somehow we're missing their direct communications. And um, that could be they have a cell phone that we don't know about. They only speak in person, but their web activity is similar. And you can see how that could apply to the intelligence or law enforcement community. And like I said, or, you know, it also helps if you're marketing um, and you're Taco Bell. Um, Another... uh, good example to think about is when we just do traditional social network analysis i may follow i don't but i may follow like some terrorist account on twitter and if you're just drawing lines between who knows whom you might say oh well laura's connected to you know that bad guy so she must also be bad but you really want to look at my behavior and what i'm saying and talking about and that's where the bringing in the content helps so much more than just drawing lines between who follows who or who talks to who you know yeah absolutely Okay, that sounds really cool. Um, so um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll put some links up, and, and uh, people can read about read a little bit more about it, right? But um, maybe we can talk a little bit about you know future stuff. You know, wh- where do you see this going, and you know what's 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 uh, what's in store for you? How do you see the technology evolving? You know, within your domain, or uh, any 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 major things that you would love to see happen in in the future. Well, I think with graphs in terms of my domain, it's just going to get more and more. You're going to see more and more people talking about um, graph databases. And I I already hear more and more talk about Neo4j. In fact, I've started a a community, a meetup in Maryland, um, just specifically because I see. So, yes, we've we've been on uh, since the baby came. We haven't had any meetings, but we'll start again in January or February, maybe. But um, the interest is just getting more and more um, high, I guess, in the intelligence community. And a lot of that is because there's people like me from 10 years ago who I I knew I wanted to ask these questions and I'm a little bit savvy. I can code a little bit, but I don't really um, have the ability to build my own program. But I want to ask questions um, in the way that I think about as an analyst and not you know, like I said, SQL queries. And so that's where graphs are appealing more and more to these people with analytical minds and not necessarily the deep, deep technical or coding um, experience. Um, but then it's also like powerful on the back end. And that's where I'm also seeing more and more of our, of just people developing tools that require cipher type queries or open cipher actually is popping up a lot more. Yeah. Is, it, is this um, more, more, more developments in the analytical use cases or is it more like interactive, real-time applications? You know, where, where, where do you see most, most use cases for you? Um, I work with a lot of folks like me that will build analytical prototypes. You know, they'll spin up something, a graph database really quick and build something and then 
answer a question and tear it down. So I definitely see that. Um, I think we all uh, need to move more towards the uh, the interactive, you know, actually building uh, building tools that run on graphs. We're not there yet. A lot of it is sort of, oh, I've already built something. Let me slap some a query ability on it with OpenCypher or something. And that's that's helpful. But um, I think we need to you know take advantage of actually the native graph stuff so couldn't agree with you more absolutely <laughs> <laughs> well, all, we're all addicted to the the same yeah. kool-aid right <laughs> yeah. um laura i want to thank you so much for for coming online i know you've uh, you've been very busy i want to congratulate you again with your with your lovely thank family you. and uh and with the work that you've been doing in the new for jake community and uh I would love to um, meet up again at one of the future events, uh, Craft Connect or other, um, and, uh, and and talk more about this stuff. Thank you so much for, for coming online. Definitely. Thank you too. Uh, cheers. Have a nice evening. Bye. Bye.